Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Planner and Training Podcast. My name is Fiorella, owner of Mira Event Group and your host. And today I have someone special for you. Christy, how are you doing? I am doing so well. Thanks for having me back on the podcast. Five yes. months into the crisis. Five months in. <laughs> we are here still. We're trying to make it. We're trying to stay positive. Um, we're doing our best, right? Yeah. yeah. For those who don't know you, um, tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. Go ahead. Yeah. So I'm Christy Osborne, owner of Mountainside Media. My specialties are actually analytics and ads, content strategy, things like that. But I became known in the industry for my FEMA emergency communications certification. So I got certified in 2013 or 14 um, in managing social media channels during a crisis. So um, I, funny story, and I, I, I forgive me if I told this in the last podcast about crisis communication, but... Okay. Um, I was dealing with a lot of California wildfires. I was uh, the director of digital for Mammoth Lakes Tourism. I was in the tourist in, tourism industry and dealing with a lot of hazardous smoke and wildfires and stuff like that. And I got certified in FEMA and I was actually in Vegas during the shooting and saw that those conference organizers and the sponsors of the big parties and stuff like that, they were doing the best that they could, their level best. And given their experience with crises, we're doing a fine job. And also, they, if they were trained and had planned for the cri uh, crisis, any kind of crisis, mm -hmm. like wildfire, earthquake, shooting, tornado, whatever, hurricane, um, their communications would have been crisper, tighter, timelier, more useful to their audience. And so I started pitching crisis communication in the event industry based on my training and my real life experience. Mm -hmm. No takers, no takers. And I pitched this for years. And finally, and uh, Megan from OFD is my publicist. Mm -hmm. So um, finally, I said to Megan, because she was like, I don't really think that, the, you know, this is really going to get picked up. Finally, after like two years, I'm like, fine, Megan, you were right. I was wrong. We're just going to stop. We're going to stop trying with the crisis communication. Nobody cares. None of my business. I do ads and analytics. Let's just move on. And as soon as I said that, it's like when you, when you stop looking for your spouse and then you find them, mm -hmm. as soon as I said that, CaterSource picked up the topic for, for their conference Oh wow! this past March. And it was terrifying because I was up the night before reworking the presentation to fit into a COVID context because New Rochelle had shut down. Um, I had clients calling me saying, you know, like I had a, um, a colleague who was managing a casino in Oregon. They shut down, like everything was shutting down. And I remember walking on stage and I said, show of hands, um, who has been affected by coronavirus and has had infection in their staff and had to close temporarily and hands shot up. And I was like, oh my God, I'm teaching crisis communication in the middle of a crisis. Oh so my that was, that was the start of it for, you know, crisis communication. All that is to say is I'm actually known for analytics and ads. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's been, a, it's been a crazy year and 
I didn't even know that you started a cater source with that community with that topic because you've been on this podcast and we've talked about crisis communication because to me to be prepared for something that we are we don't know could happen is very important um especially for planners planners are so accustomed to guiding their clients for a plan b Mm-hmm. and a rain plan and a heat wave plan, you know, whatever it is, wherever you are in the country. Yeah. Um, and yet we don't, we don't want to think about like what, ha- and I'm not just like, this is the thing about five months into the coronavirus, because my training is in natural disasters. Okay. So FEMA handles all natural disasters. CDC ha- handles pandemics and, you know, those kinds of outbreaks. Mm-hmm. So my training is all about natural disasters and I'm just like watching, there's a huge wildfire out of LA. There's a heat wave rolling through California. There we're already into hurricane season. Like coronavirus is just going to be part of the, you know, it's just going to be part of the disaster puzzle for some people in some parts of the United States. We have tornado season, you know, spooling up in the Midwest. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's really important, I believe, to just as we have a plan B for rain on a wedding day, to have that larger disaster preparedness plan, not just for our clients, but for the survival of our business. Yeah. Isn't that something that we, oh my gosh, it's, um, we're in the middle of a crazy time. And I don't know that I have other choice of words other than saying that because it is, it's just crazy. And you're right hurricane season coming tornado season is almost here i think there's already been some yep wildfire seasons here and you never know when the big one's gonna hit california yeah oh gosh i know buying a beachfront property in wisconsin (laughs) oh no i hope oh geez knock on wood i don't have any wood in my office (laughs) um but it's it's just incredible that we all find ourselves in this position and it's a position of survival and, and making it survival, making it work and doing your absolute best. And that's all we can do, but we're actually here because we're going to be talking about marketing and advertising. Yes. Because that is actually what you specialize on, right? Yes. Yeah. Content, content content. strategy. Yeah. (laughs) And even though we have coronavirus happening right now, there are still couples who are planning their 2021 wedding. That's correct. And there's couples who have postponed to 2021, um, perhaps postponed in a way that they are now looking for new vendors or just shift completely. But we're lo- really looking to have a discussion in regards to marketing and advertising and what we should be doing now and what we can be doing now. Before we get into that, I do want to talk about in our pre-interview interview, you said something very important that I want people to really get in their heads and really understand. And that was that marketing in April is not the same as June. And it's not the same as marketing in August. So I want you to touch in and give us some examples of that so people can really understand that if they find something that works right now, it may not be working in two months because things are changing so fast. It's so true. It's so true. Um, 
in order to answer that question, if you'll indulge me, I want to kind of like back up before yeah. coronavirus and like just yeah. take a look at what marketing looked like for me and my clients then. Yes. <laughs> because one of the one of the things about the wedding industry, especially for specialists like me, I, I I specialize in the wedding and event industry. I know it. I know its moves. I know its seasonality. I know its clients. I know its clients' needs. I know the different vendors and the how the different vendor types need to move. But I will tell you, I could I could market. You know, by and large, if I had a venue, I marketed that venue in a certain way to whatever local client base they had. If I had a photographer, I marketed photographers in a certain way. Planners, planners were marketed in a certain way. And in hindsight, I thought that it was very complex. And in hindsight, after Corona, that all seemed very easy because they were generally frameworks and formulas that I used for different people mm -hmm. in, in different locations across the United States in the wedding industry. And you, you, you used to see this, you know, it's like the wedding planner template for this and the wedding planner template for that. And I think that a lot of that stuff can be still relevant, but what happened when coronavirus hit was we needed to get a lot of information out to a lot of confused couples in a very short period of time without destroying our businesses or getting ourselves into legal trouble. Mm -hmm. That was March and April. <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed so hard at the time. And again, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, I'd go back to that any day knowing what I know now, right? Because it was still like, you knew what to do. You could create a checklist. You could create the checklist for contacting your accountant or bookkeeper and talking about cash flow projections, which I know that Michelle Loretta has talked about on your podcast. Mm -hmm. You could contact your lawyer and talk about like the legal, what you're legally bound to in your contract. We all did this. It didn't matter where you were in the country. It didn't matter what vendor you were. We all had the checklist mm -hmm. and folks like me and folks like you were making sure that we were getting all of that information out to our industry. Now in August, I feel like coronavirus and crisis communication during a pandemic is like, I don't know, like a free for all. Mm -hmm. I literally have national clients right now who are getting leads, you know, a dozen a week. I have other national clients that if we can get three a month, we're okay, right? Wow. And, um, and it just depends. I, we were talking about you being in Wisconsin. I have national clients where I'm specifically targeting places like Georgia and South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Wisconsin, um, Iowa, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Colorado, the Dakotas, because I know that those in those states, there's not the same regulations. Mm -hmm. But in other states, like still New York, Massachusetts, California, super lockdown, California's locking down again. So that is to say that right now in August, five months into coronavirus, it is, it is more imperative than ever for people, planners to look at their local conditions and make the best decision that they can for local conditions. Like the time for having an expert give you a template or a formula or a checklist, I believe are largely over. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's just what's going to happen in Wisconsin is going to be completely different than what's going to happen in California. And just like in the beginning of the crisis, the key to that is just keeping abreast of your local conditions. What kind of restrictions are around events? What has opened up? What are your options and things like that? And then all of your marketing rolls roll, ladders up to that. Right. So would you say like, uh, let's think of someone like me where I'm in Wisconsin and things are a little choppy here and there. Uh, I mean, we went from being in lockdown to things being overthrown overnight. Um, yes. And then the whole state was open and now we have a mask mandate, which people don't really enforce. It's really sad, but you know, like to each is their own. And so some people, some businesses enforce it, some, some don't. Um, but in, in my case, would you, would you say like you would do the same thing, look into the states who are equal, who are near me, and maybe you do um, elopements or micro weddings, things like that? Because the thing about Wisconsin, Wisconsin has a very large uh, travel revenue. So a lot of my clients are not from here. A lot of my clients are from out of town or um, very well-known families in town or in surrounding communities. So is, is that essentially what you're saying is we need to see, in my case, if I'm looking for people who are traveling or people who travel from city to city, not necessarily country to country, or sorry, state to state, um, you gotta look at what other communities are doing. Yes. So we can at least Absolutely. find the common ground right now because yes. two weeks ago we didn't have that mass mandate and it was a lot different. So. So two, two things at play there in terms of a content strategy for social media in particular, and social media can, so your organic content strategy can often roll into your ad strategy fairly seamlessly. So the, the two issues are constantly changing local uh, conditions and targeting your ideal clients, right? Yeah. Like the people <laughs> who, who want to come and get married and have you plan their wedding. So I want to take each in turn. With the local conditions, um, you know, in the beginning of a crisis, you're constantly doing updates, like constantly, constantly. You're on the CDC website, you're on your county health department website, you're on your city health department website, you're watching your governor's Facebook lives every day. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, ah, I got to get the word out. Um, now what you're looking for is major updates that are going to change the way that you run events and do business. So mask mandate, not mask mandate, enforced, not enforced however that rolls. Um, the first thing that you want to do is just have those updates. Um, you, that COVID-19 page is still relevant to a lot of people. So again, I've talked about this in the last podcast. I will talk about things that remain relevant, but updating that COVID-19 page as you see fit, as local conditions change, and then driving traffic to your website where people can be picked, sold, and you can advertise to them at a later date is still relevant. Um, and people, social media is ephemeral. So if things are changing, it's okay. Um, one habit that, uh, channel managers, um, typically do is they just put the date, even though the date of the post is there, they'll put like the date in all caps and update in all caps. And they'll say, you know, Milwaukee just instituted a mandatory mask policy. We are complying with this. 
here are our tips for couples who are planning a wedding or, mm -hmm. or wanting to come and do venue to, you know, like anything, cause they don't just like show up for the wedding. If mm -hmm. you're a planner, they're coming up for site tours. They might be coming up, you know, for discovery chats. They might be coming up for vacation and rolling some of that into um, their vacation time, working with you, working with other vendors. So just to learn them, you know, we have, um, hand sanitizer, you know, we're taking appointments in the office. We are mandating that you wear a mask. We will do social distancing. We've marked the floor of the off the studio. We have hand sanitizer, you know, whatever you're doing, just update mm -hmm. them. So that's one. How do you, how do you deal with constantly changing information the same way you always have? <laughs> the second thing, and this is a little bit more this has been emerging a little bit more over the, the longer duration of this crisis. And all transparency, this is my first pandemic too. <laughs> Usually when I'm dealing with a wildfire, you know, we're, we're, we're hitting recovery within six to eight weeks. The smoke is going to clear or whatever. Or when clients have been wiped out by a hurricane, it's an individual by individual basis. It's like the venue got wiped out, but not, you know, the entire economy or market. So um, this is a little bit different for me as well. But you want to really think about your ideal client and maybe add a section to your ideal client profile, how they feel about the coronavirus what their biggest concerns are about the, their wedding as it relates to the pandemic. If they could have anything in the world barring having the pandemic go away, what would they want? Um, and also, how do they feel about, you know, gatherings and mandated masks? How do you feel about gatherings and mandated masks? I don't encourage you to break the law. The laws are there to keep mm -hmm. you and your guests safe. Um, and depending on how they are, are enforced, you can get into a lot of trouble. Um, but just kind of understanding, like, look, if you're a mask wearer, like me, because my dad has COPD and I wear a mask because I don't know who else might have it. I don't want to get mm -hmm. anybody sick if I'm carrying. A lot of my friends in the wedding industry have, who have gotten coronavirus have been asymptomatic. So that's wow. me. But if all of my clients are like, mask, mask you know, how do I, how do I bridge that gap instead of just like, quote unquote, politicizing it and just saying like, I, like I just said, I wear a mask in respect of my dad. I don't know who, you know, has COPD like my dad, my mm -hmm. friends have been asymptomatic. And because of these reasons, you know, if you do an event with me, here's, here's what it's going to look like. I'm a wedding planner. I'm going to make it super easy for you. I'm going to order your masks. They're going to be beautiful. We're going to work on this. I'm going to put X's on the floor so people can social distance. I'm going to make sure that, you know, no self-service at the buffet, like whatever it is, continue to communicate that. And also nobody wants to listen to the coronavirus anymore. Mm -hmm. So understand that you are more than welcome to showcase your past uh, real weddings and talk about a time when we're not wearing masks and do behind the scenes like um, uh, uh, Jose 
uh, Roland is one of my favorite uh, wedding industry TikTokers. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. He's got got a bunch of kids running around his New York City apartment all the time. And he's constantly, has nothing to do with events. It just has to do with this shared experience that we're all in. Mm -hmm. We're all cooped up. Our kids are all crawling all over us all the time because schools are still closed in most of the country mm-hmm. and, 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 sh- and show that like, you don't have to always be like, here are the local updates and here's my mask policy. It's good to have that content, but it's fine in August to be a real person again. Yeah. Do you think, and, and you talk, touching base on Jose, do you think it's, do you think that's more welcomed right now to see the inner workings of our, you know, some of us not having events and some of us, you know, working on, on weddings for 2021, but we're working on things virtually. Is that something that you encourage? Absolutely. I feel like the best content um, when it comes to those behind the scenes stuff um, offers a bit of of levity and humor um i still think that the people who um you know who are on social media self-proclaiming that they're going out of business or on the news saying that they're going out they're they're you know they're going out of business and they just don't know if they're going to be in business like don't no that's never good behind the scenes stuff because it erodes trust in your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Jose does in particular that's I think is really effective is he he shows with with humor literally what it's like to have like kids crawling all over him all day. Yeah. You know, and this is an experience that we all have. And when we see that experience, we feel less alone. Understanding that our personal our personal tragedies, if we have lost a portion of our business, if we think we're going to go mm-hmm. out of business, if we've had loved ones that have died, if we've gotten sick and have, um, if we have long-term effects from that, that we're still struggling with, these are all real painful things that it's okay to grieve. And also one of the beauties about a crisis is there's a collective experience that goes on. So you're not alone. What Jose does really well is he, he makes us feel like we're not alone without making it all about him and the fact that he can't work with three kids crawling all over him in a small New York City apartment all the also time. Also without right? making you feel bad. And without making you feel bad. Yeah. yeah. He, does a, he does a good job about that. Yes. So um, another, another one is um, Vanessa Joy, who's a photographer, and she is just still preparing people to look beautiful in pictures, right? So it doesn't have to, and I'm talking about TikTok here, yeah. and no, I'm not like a TikTok guru, but that, is, that was the platform that exploded during mm-hmm. the pandemic, mm-hmm. and Instagram is rolling out reels right now, so I get more interested in something when Facebook steals it just like you yes. did with Snapchat and stories. <laughs> so I think we're probably Me all going to be using reels <laughs> at a certain period of time, even if we're not using TikTok. But um, even if Vanessa's joy, Joy's clients aren't actively getting ready to have their nuptials like this month or this fall, couples are still planning, even if it's emotionally planning, 
Mm-hmm. Even if they're not quite booking yet, they're emotionally planning for this day. It's going to happen. The pandemic will end. They always do. Even the Black Plague ended. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what Vanessa Joy is doing is she is she is meeting her clients in that emotional space of still emotionally planning their wedding. And of course, everybody wants to look good in photos. So she, you know, teaches you how to pose, how to find your good side, how to look good in photos. So there's all sorts of things that you can do in service of your audience, creating levity, you know, helping them, you know, stay in that wedding planning mode emotionally, even if they're not actually inquiring. Um, that you can do to get people excited about you and your brand and continue to follow your brand so that when you do hit meaningful recovery locally, you have that audience that has just been hanging all over your every move and Mm -hmm. they just can't wait to work with you because you're such a fabulous human being. That's, I mean, that's a good point. And I want to, I had, I had stopped following Vanessa Joy, but I'll, I'll look into her account. I do a cleaning every once in a while. And, yeah. um, and so I, I do remember following her and she's really great. She used to be a Vimeo. Vimeo? Uh, she used to be really into video. Yes. I'll, I'll look her up again. But Reels, I will tell you, I did get tired of TikTok. I ended up deleting it. <gasps> I know, so bad. Um, and now I'm like all about the Reels and I've been just seeing what people are creating. It's still not as good as con- good content as TikTok. TikTok had a, quite a bit. Uh, but I can see people starting to use Reels a little bit more, especially because, I mean, it's Instagram. Yes. And we're already there. And yeah. we're already there. And the thing about, and think about how these go, we all know this. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, I'm going to tell you is when, when Instagram or Facebook are trying to roll out something new, if you participate in that new product within the platform, um, they're going to favor you algorithmically. They do. So it, so it really behooves you to be an early adopter. Um, and let me tell you, I I was like, I follow this person this whole, this whole weekend. I, I was looking at my Instagram. I was like, who is this? Who are these people just like randomly popping up? And I was like, oh, oh, I follow them. Oh, this is a real. Yes. And I was like, I've never seen any of their content. And now yeah. they're just, and even their, the way that Instagram has put it out there, it's even highlighted in a way that's not really highlighted. But you're like, whoa, what is this while scrolling down? And it, I mean, we're, we're going to be adding some reels into our, our Instagram work because yep. over this weekend, I, I, like I said, I've, I've been looking at people who I've never, and I'm talking about maybe in a year, have seen their content. And suddenly they're, they're in front of my face. So speaking of reels and TikTok, here's something that I'll mention that just came to me. So I've been doing social media channel management for a very long time uh, for clients. I'm slowly segueing out of it just because 
it's an, it's enough for me to just keep up with ads. Mm-hmm. Right? Like <laughs> that stuff changes all the time. And honestly, like Google analytics changes all the time. We don't know it because the dashboard looks the same when we log mm-hmm. in, but they have all sorts of things. So, so um, segueing out of ads, um, if you need a recommendation for a channel manager, my big recommendation right now is Alea Harris from Flourish Marketing. Um, but I still do a lot of channel management right now for the clients I have that keep me doing channel management. And what I've seen over the past two years, especially um, with algorithmic changes, with the rise of Instagram stories, um, with the ch- with just cultural changes on Instagram, people just got tired of the Instagram fakeness. Mm-hmm. And we've been complaining about that for a couple of years. And now with the introduction of Reels, I feel like the days of a business just handing their social media to a channel manager and walking away from it are over. These platforms and the in the in the op, like things like Reels and Stories, um, they work best when you're present and actually sharing authentic stories in in videos about yourself. (laughs) And so listen, you can still have a channel manager doing your tips and your slides and your real weddings and stuff like that on your main feed. And I recommend that. And also you as the business owner have, and I'm talking to myself as well, because if you go to any (laughs) channel, you'd be like, really, Christy, you got a lot of opinions about this. (laughs) But as a channel manager for other people, you know, one of the things that I have had to do is get a quote unquote boots on the, when I'm doing channel management for people, full service channel management, I have to find somebody who's local to take video of the events, or I have to give the client a checklist so they can take video of the events so we can produce stories and stuff like that. And so the days of you just like hiring somebody to just blast a bunch of stock photos and real weddings onto your main feed for Instagram and not participate in any of these other things, it's over. It's over, Chica. I know. It's over. It's over. So, you know, hire your channel manager. Right. I just used an old video from March um, from when we were going live this morning. And what did I do? So you post it on Reels and you can put it on your main feed. So if people are going to find it, not only while they're scrolling, but yeah. they're also going to find it on the stories. Yes. And, and when I did that, I was like, oh crap, I'm going to have to start showing my face more. I feel the same. I mean, it's fine that I have to I show my face more, but you know, yep. once you start so, doing something on, on social media, it kind of sucks you in. I am so shy with myself on social media. I feel like I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to go into the, the therapy session here, but <laughs> I will say in all transparency, I use Alea, uh, Flourish Marketing. And how I use her is we kind of set the strategy for my main feed. Mm-hmm. And I do this for clients as well. We'll set the strategy for our main feed. And that's just to show up consistently. We just want to have a consistent presence. And then also, basically, if we schedule out posts on the main feed, Um, either I do this on behalf of a client, a full service client, or the client, I direct the client to do this. The day you post, you need to get on that channel and engage with people. 
like other people's stuff, comment on other people's stuff, you know, praise other people, yeah. share it to your store, share other people's stuff to your mm -hmm. stories. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we build out the feed content and that becomes the foundation for engagement. And then we start to layer on um, stories and mm -hmm. ad hoc posts and stuff on top of that. But working with a channel manager like me, what I used to do, you can't work with me in that way anymore, or working with Alea is you are not, you are not uh, abdicating responsibility to that person. You are now helping that person set strategy and keep you consistent on social media, but you're going to have to dedicate some time if you're not already doing so to producing some content. Even if, even if I give the, con like I have a whole bunch of videos that I just um, captured on my weekend hike with my husband for a new series, um, like a Wednesday, you know, hump day break. Mm -hmm. It's all like waterfalls and mountains and stuff <laughs> like that. I can, I can capture that and send it to the channel manager, but we're out of the, the world of stock photography anymore. Like yeah. if you're using more than 25, 30% of your photography as stock and or real weddings, I think 60% real weddings, 30% stock. But if you don't have something else other than professional photography in your feed, it just doesn't feel right anymore. It doesn't think. feel um, organic. It doesn't feel organic or authentic. It doesn't authentic. feel like you're there. there you go. That's, yeah, it doesn't yeah, feel yeah. like you're there. We want you to be there. Yeah, that's so true. So, well, with, with marketing and advertising, um, and we were talking about this before in our pre-interview interview. I, I mentioned something about, uh, I ran a Facebook ad two weeks ago for, to run for the rest of August. Actually, I ran, I think, three ads. It wasn't much. I think it amounted to like 75 bucks from now until the end of August. So I'm still running those ads. Um, and I particularly ran them towards our flower department because we don't only do planning, but we have a flower department that fulfills flower orders for weddings in particular. And I, I don't know, I can't tell you how many, but I can tell you it's been almost 10 inquiries that I've gotten in the past two weeks. Solid inquiries. And I want to talk a little bit about that because I don't do Facebook ads and I know people have been telling me to do them for a long time. Um, but I was just like, well, might as well try something and it's been working. So tell me, let's get into a little bit of the marketing and advertising side, which is paid marketing and paid advertising, which is what you do. And, yes. and what could we be doing right now to bring in business, whether it's still for this year or for next year? So the key to ads, there's three ingredients to successful ads. And when, when I say Facebook ads, it's really a shortcut for Facebook and Instagram ads because the, the, ads, the ads platform is similar. Like you could run just Instagram ads and you're still logging into business.facebook.com mm -hmm. to do it or your ads manager. So when it comes to social ads, there's three ingredients, um, right audience, right message, right time. And so it doesn't matter what you want, right? Like we all want to do like 300 person weddings this, this month. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. um, 
if you start with what you want, um, sometimes you're, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But if you start with what your, who your audience is and what they want and need right now, um, that's the recipe for a successful ad. So what strikes me about what you just said is you didn't, you're not running three ads for, you know, book your fall 2020 wedding. Correct. Because that's, that's the wrong message and the wrong time. Like, mm -hmm. even if it's the right audience, like there are very few people in certain states who are planning weddings. Now I have a, a client in Georgia where they're, they have, I have their, they have leads coming in all day, every day, and they're running three weddings a weekend and we can mm -hmm. run lead ads and we can run a book your fall, you know, wedding, Georgia yeah. wedding or whatever. Uh, but maybe not in Wisconsin, maybe not in California. So what strikes me about what you're doing is you sounds like, and tell me if I'm wrong, but you said, okay, people aren't planning weddings necessarily or not many. And I have this other product, which is florals. Is there anybody out there that wants to buy florals? <laughs> and if so, yeah. why and how? And that's, I'm sure, how you created your ads, right? You're like, I know that flowers go beyond weddings mm -hmm. and there's a market for it right now. And I'm going to find those people, message to them. And the context in the timing part is we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. So when you're advertising, you have to take those three things into account, including the timing. And the timing is we're in the middle of a pandemic. So what can you reasonably do? What can you reasonably advertise that people are going to be able to buy? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Flowers is one. Yes. I've seen planners um, pre-sell blocks of consulting time, um, you know, for, you know, for their 2021 wedding or, or sell uh, blocks of consulting time for planning a, a wedding in a pandemic because couples are still kind of confused. Yeah. Um, I've seen uh, Renee Dallow recently uh, launched her bundle, which from the looks of it looks very successful. So she yes. kind of pivoted into that I bought one. education. <laughs> yeah, good. Good. I almost bought one to see what everybody was doing, but then I'm like, oh, they're going to see creepy Christy in their <laughs> <laughs> courses going like, what, what the heck are you doing? In oh here? my gosh. I'm spying. <laughs> I want to see what's going on. Um, but the point is from the planning standpoint, like what, what do you have and what can you do that can be sold right now? Mm -hmm. And then from a business standpoint, I have found personally, and I've guided my clients uh, to do this, where I have clients where we're having a hard time with ads for a variety of reasons, contextual reasons, um, to manage my expectations about how much I'm going to be able to charge anymore. Like I used to charge you know, a premium and I was booking, you know, four and $6,000 retainers. And now I'm like, well, what can I, what can I offer that's in the 100 to $300 level? Because people need help, but they, they just are nervous about going on such a long-term expensive retainer. And so really managing your expectations about what you're actually going to book and mm -hmm. what kind of revenue that's going to bring in. People need help, and I've already seen the budgets get chopped in half. I'm sorry yeah. to say that to you, but the, I, um, 
I would tell you that in June, I got three calls and our weddings, you can tell our weddings aren't cheap. We're by no means in the luxury category. We're not by no means in, you know, the 70,000 either, which is the, I think people call them like lovely or something like that. I still think 70,000 is a lot of money. Um, we're more in like the 40, 50, which for the Midwest is um, probably a, a city 70 because that's just, we have lower prices um, yes. for many, many reasons. And I was getting calls for people going, well, I want you to plan my whole wedding and my entire budget's $10,000. We want to have 300 people. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, You're like, that's not how that works. <laughs> it's not going to be enough. And so you, and I've, I got a couple calls within a couple weeks. How can you even feed 300 pre people? You can't. $10, you can't. You do a potluck. Okay. Oh, goodness. And, <laughs> and. So that's what I noticed. That was the first thing that I was like, okay, people are cutting costs. Well, just like anything else, what is the first thing that you cut? You cut the middleman. And I'm sorry, planners, but sometimes we find ourselves in the middleman position. And, and so we've, we may have a difficult year coming up because of that reason. And, and when you say manage your expectations is managing what you will be bringing in in revenue also managing the type of clients, manage the expectations of the type of clients that you'll be working with. And at the same time, you probably don't want to completely lower your rates because that'll bring you a whole nother problem in the accounting, branding, and long-term survival of business overall. So I remember, I remember in the 2008 crash, and I had, we were talking about this, I just graduated from graduate school and I thought I was going to go into like museumship and <laughs> I realized that uh, in history museums in particular, and I realized pretty quickly as the economy was failing that zero people were in the market for a personal historian and museums weren't hiring. So that's how I kind of pivoted into marketing because I was running websites for museums mm -hmm. at the time and, and, you know, promoting that. But I remember when I got into that, I married in 2009, I got into the wedding industry through, well, I worked as a caterer through college, but I, you know, started working in this present iteration in the wedding industry, of course, as a blogger. And uh, what I noticed was, and I'm going to bring this back to ads in a minute, but what I noticed in the planners section is we went through the same thing. Budgets got slapped. I mean, budgets hit the ground. We went from like, you know, $30,000, $34,000 national average to like $22,000. And if you think about a national average in the aggregate, that meant in some regions, people were like planning $12,000 weddings. And yeah. in New York, they were planning a $30,000 wedding, which is pretty budget or $20,000 yeah. wedding. And what I saw planners do, because planners are so resourceful, like you are so resourceful by nature, you're, you have to be, mm -hmm. you deal with constant emergencies at every event. You don't always have the tools or the resources that you need to, that, to make everything perfect, but you need to make it look perfect. So nobody notices it's not perfect. You're the most <laughs> resourceful people ever. And what I saw happen after 2008 is everybody started doing DIY this, and it was all burlap and mason jars and backyard weddings and stuff like that. And what planners started to do is they would, they, they, they reduced their fees, but they also reduced their scopes for those weddings. 
And also they started to figure out what they could tack on to upsell to get the, the average val customer value back up. So they're like, well, we'll tie all the bows on your burlap napkins and we'll spray paint your mason jars with that mm -hmm. like popular mercury you know like all remember all that diy stuff that everybody was doing like oh uh, you mean all the stuff that's still happening in wisconsin and i'm oh like god uh -uh, no, no. <laughs> bless your hearts <laughs> bless your hearts um it will, will, you can drop ship your 50 flowers order to our studio and we'll put it all in bases. And what they were doing is they were, they were setting that DIY budget and they were like, for your DIY budget, the scope is this. And then you have all these upsells. Well, you know what you can do with ads is you can scale all that. Mm. So you can hook them in, you know, the upsells, the sales process, but you can hook them in and, and get them at a, you know, $3,500 or $5,000 planning retainer and then start ratcheting that back up by all of the services you're doing to help them with their DIY wedding. Yeah. But you can, you can go out on Facebook ads with the right message to the right audience at the right time and say with ads, like, look, we understand that budgets have changed. That's why we're offering this new product line for specifically for couples affected by the coronavirus. And I know that you're like, oh my God, you're such a shady mark, but you're not no, like, you're, I you're don't think that at all. offering a new service to couples affected by the coronavirus and it's scaled back so that yeah. it can fit into their budget. And as you know, as a planner, you set that budget and then, you know, three months out from the event when they're disorganized and can't look at their spreadsheet and can't be functional during a meeting, mm -hmm. that's when you start saying, I can help you. This is how much it's going to cost for us to do your floral setup. This is how much it's going to cost for us to put the bows on the, whatever it is. But we've already done this during the last recession. We can do it again. And the beauty at this point that we did not have in the last recession is we can spread the word far and wide about these new products and offerings with ads. And, and scale that and get, get more inquiry. So it's not just like word of mouth or putting it on your website and hope somebody finds it. You just mash the gas as they say in the South. <laughs> NASCAR country. Oh my gosh. I love that saying. It is incredible what you're, what you're saying. And I know we're, we're out of time and I should let you go here and I'm going to let you go here in a little bit, but that is a great idea and a great, great way to put it and what you said is there's a here's our new package for couples affected by the by COVID-19 or the coronavirus and and you said something like you said something like it's bad because you're we're playing we're and marketing and whatever but I don't think so that didn't come that didn't come off to me as as snaky or it it is a new package people have been affected I've I've lost clients to to them losing jobs. I lost clients to them no longer being able to travel from Illinois to Wisconsin because Illinois has now, or Chicago has some things where that you have to quarantine if you come to Wisconsin. And I've lost clientele because they live really far away and they can no longer travel in or they've just postponing, right? So I feel like so many people are affected and, and I don't think that's a poor message or something sneaky or anything like that. That's just down to the point. And right. the other thing is you may or may not be, 
just as a caveat, you, cause Facebook is so prickly about negativity. Um, you may or may not be able to actually use the term coronavirus or pandemic. Yeah. So you may have to massage that a little bit so that people understand that if they have had to reschedule or they're, you know, thinking about 2021, if they had a 2020 wedding planned and they're thinking about 2021 dates instead, we have a special offer for those couples. So just a little caveat, like ads get rejected all of the time because Facebook's like, no, you're like profiteering or you're being negative yeah. or, you know, you're trying to, pro you can't promise anything. There's all these rules that you sort of start to get used to the more you advertise, but there's a good chance that if you say affected by coronavirus, that ad's going to be rejected. Yeah. So it's the concept that you want to play around with and massage the wording around and then, and then put that out there. But it always boils down to the right message to the right audience at the right time. And that kind of campaign fulfills those three criteria. Well, Christy, as always, you are a wealth of knowledge and I appreciate your time. Oh, so much. I know we went over our allotted time for the podcast, but um, we were just chatting so much before and I was just so excited to talk to you. <laughs> so fun to catch up. I had yeah. only you on my agenda for today. So it's oh, oh, and same here. So it kind of worked out. <laughs> that's what the good Monday what the pandemic's like. I mean, everybody's <laughs> probably just got listening to this podcast on their agenda. That's it. And that's it. We're oh all in the God. same boat. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good Monday for me, I'd say. Yep. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks was, for having me as a guest. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you once again for being on our podcast and tell everybody how can they find you and where can they find you? Yes. So you can visit me on the website. I'm at mountainsidemedia.com. Um, I talk about ads and analytics mostly, but I also have some coronavirus resources there. Um, you can also find me on social at MTN. It's the abbreviation for mountain MTN side media co and that's what I, it's everywhere like anytime i set up a profile it's mtn side media co and um you can start to see me be a little bit more active and authentic on <laughs> on social media in september and um kind of get a get a glimpse at uh alaya harris from flourish marketing's work because that's who i'm using now because i hate being on social media for myself i only like it when i'm doing it on behalf of somebody else so she's helping me yeah, well, now you know, everybody, we're going to have to hold Christy accountable and see her face Please. more often. <laughs> Please. Actually, let's all hold each other accountable. And I promise to show my face more often and do more video and try those. It's, um, it's hard when it's your own business. Like I could do this all day long for you and just do it well and guide yeah. you and tell you what I need for video. I do this for clients all the time. Yeah. Um, I have a client that's doing a NACE takeover and it was so easy for me to just like create their assets and guide their video and produce everything. And yeah. then you asked me to do it and I'm like, no, no, nobody wants to hear from me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't do that. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> well, you, you guys will be able to find all the links to Christy um, on the planner and training um, website as well and on the episode no show notes. So thank you once again to everybody. I hope everybody is hanging on, keep going strong, keep trying, keep evolving. Oh, that word. I'm, I'm over pivoting, so I'm not going to use that word anymore. So let's keep evolving and figuring out what we can do. And you know be what, persistent. if be persistent and you know what, if you're not into changing and you just want to wait, what happens, that's okay too. So wishing all of you well saying hello to all of you and your families. And thank you for listening once again.